You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 58. I'm John, I'm joined by Tony. How you doing? I'm all right, John, mate. How you doing? Hi, good. Good to have you back. I'm glad to be back as always. Uh, and as it's the, the week of the League Cup final, we've managed to get some Johnson fan. Norion, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks very much for the invite, guys. I know, pleasure. Uh, for those that don't know Nori, he was originally on the, the forum, which seems like a long time ago. Hey? It does. Oh, goodness, what was it? Eight years ago, I think I was posting on that forum. Aye. Aye, we were kind of saying before, like kind of, the podcast started, kind of social media has kind of killed a lot of forums off. Everyone just goes on there to, to chat or vent or whatever. Mm. The age of Twitter. Yes, I definitely. I even Twitter itself. Twitter's become a different place. I remember I first got on Twitter and it was former nice teacher. You had Follow Friday and all that type of thing. Whereas yeah, now I remember that. Yeah. Teenager right. dogs abuse. Um, Throwback Thursday. Hi, <laughs> hi, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, as I say, League Cup final coming up Sunday. Um, I think we were hoping by this point we'd maybe have some kind of fans at the stadium, but it's not happening. So uh, there's obviously excitement about being in a final, but it must be weird at the same time. Nori? Oh, it is. Um, I mean, for us to be in a final at all is, um, is weird. <laughs> Doesn't it happen terribly often, really? Um, we're quite lucky we've had two in recent times because before that, I think it was uh, one in 32 years or something. So... This is quite unique. Uh, it's not surprising in the slightest that on one of these occasions where we make a final, we can't actually get in the ground to see it. The standards in Johnston, that, I think. But uh, the, the club are doing pretty well. They've got the merchandising going really well. They've got good um, tops that they've made up, especially for the final. They've got uh, the League Cup emblazoned all over it. They've got these um, cups you can buy, which have got the League Cup on it and then a wee bit at the bottom saying I wasn't there oh, I which is a nice <laughs> sold it sold it straight away so that was yeah that was that was good they're doing the, the I don't know how I feel about this but they're doing the sell a ticket and uh, supposedly gets autographed and then it gets it gets posted out and uh, yeah great makes money for the club but I don't know how I feel about having this this ticket for a game I couldn't go to mm-hmm. and, and desperately wanted to go to so but ah, fair, fair play to them. They're making the best out of a bad situation. As a supporter, it's it's gotten. You know, it's gotten. When are we next going to be in a final? Who knows? Um, so again, we just need to make the best of it as well. I mean, as you say, you never know when you're not going to get in a cup final, and to nobody there. It's, it's weird. I can't imagine what it'd be like for Aberdeen um, just now. I'd, I'd be delighted to be there, but it'd be frustrating. For example, if it'd been the Scottish Cup final, for example, this season, and you couldn't get there and you win it. After not having won for over 30 years now, a weird feeling. Can't even go and celebrate or anything. So I know. Well, believe me, I'll be celebrating if we win it, regardless. Oh, I even if it's up the park with a bottle of buck for that. <laughs> I'll make sure that. I'll make sure that happens. Do you know what? Um, it's not even just um, going to the game. It's the whole town, isn't it? Because like the, the town right. has something to look forward to, a cup final. And I mean, I remember years and years ago uh, when someone got the Scottish Cup final and when they got the League Cup final. You know, like 
the bakeries have their cakes out. I mean, they, they have the flags, oh. everything like that. There's a whole build up to it. And when the way things are at the moment, you, you just can't do that. And that, that's what's upsetting and the sad, I think, in a way. It does. It brings the community together. Mm. The last cup final, there was amazing things happened. We had uh, the, the big roundabout up at um, Brock's Den had uh, a famous grouse statue and they had it decorated with a big blue scarf and a blue hat and stuff. So all the traffic, including the Dundee United players' bus, had to go past it to get to, <laughs> to, get to the ground, which was magnificent. Um, but that went all through Facebook, all through Twitter. It just mm. created a wonderful atmosphere. And then, of course, when we did win it, um, which still feels weird to say that, we won a cup. Um, everybody was in the streets. There was a, 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 you know, a bus presentation. and uh, These sort of things don't happen to our football club. Um, and that, this time, there's going to be none of that. None of that. We'll just watch it on, on the telly and then who knows you know, when we'll actually get to celebrate it together who we get to watch it with then my household that's the rules isn't it so, yeah yeah um, yeah yeah so you never know we might get beat in which case you probably won't want to remember it anyway um but that's that's the thing isn't it this is this is unique this is the first cup final in scotland that's ever had this 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 kind of problem um hopefully it's the last Oh, I know, I definitely. Um, the, the kind of run itself, I think the, the semi-final victory was pretty convincing, wasn't it, against Hibs? You know, we we, we played Hibs twice this season before that. Um, I felt that we played them off the park, but then I'm probably quite biased in my views. Um, they didn't scare me. I was more concerned about getting Lovey, actually, in, yeah. the, in the semi, because they'd... They turned us over at McDermott not too long before that and deserved their win as well. Um, but Hibs, I thought, we had the number. So we came close a couple of times and I thought, there's nothing to fear from Hibs. And that was what happened on the day. That was exactly what happened on the day. Um, Livy, though. Livy. I don't like playing against Livingston. I don't think many folk do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, we've been like... No, we've, we've been accused of, you know, anti-football in the past, which I think is harsh. Because we, I think we play a reasonably good game of football with the ball on the deck the majority of the time. Um, if we're up against it, then, yeah, we do resort to long balls, and that seems to be what people pick us up for. But um, Livy's style of football, from what I've seen, is it's difficult to play against. They like to break up the play. Um, it's not always pretty to watch, but it is effective. So only once this season we've really managed to come up with a solution to that. So, yeah, I was just pleased to avoid them, get Hibs and get to the final. Aye, because you played them, what, three times a season? One, one, lost two, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. I think, though, like, if, you, if you'd played them in the semi, it would have been a more difficult game. Now they've at least had a few slip-ups. They're not maybe looking as invincible as they were under Martindale originally. So I think you've come into a nice bit of form at the right time, I think, as well. Yeah, we have, we have, right. Um, we've threatened to do that through the season. We've had some really good performances. We've never got the rewards for it. We've not picked up the points and uh, we've been fairly useless in front of goal in a lot of games. So 
it, had, it was coming this this wee spell. I think where we were finally going to pick up some points and, and you know batter some teams. Hopefully that carries on in the final. Aye, well, I think when you consider as well, it's like Davidson's first season in charge. Uh, I think they're doing really well. Uh, what a magnificent job he's done. And I don't think he's getting the praise that maybe other managers in the league have been getting this season. You'll find that with St. Johnson, we very rarely get the praise mm. when things are when things are going well. We're just not fashionable. We're not a fashionable team. We don't have a large support. Um, the West Coast media tend to largely ignore us. Um, why would they really publicise us when there's only 3,000 season ticket holders and very few of them are probably buying the papers? So you'll find that um, when we are doing well, we don't, we don't, we find the radar. We tend not to get noticed as much. Um, cup final win aside. Yeah, I think the main thing just now as well is you've got guys, guys writing for him. The boy Melamed, I mean, he doesn't look as if he was going to do anything at the earlier on in the season. Maybe just took a wee bit of time to set in. Whereas now you've got to think he's going to start on Sunday, I would think. I've seen uh, Davidson say it depends whether you start one or two up front. If you start one up front, he's not going to play, but he's, he's in decent goal-scoring form. I don't know if you can leave him out. Well, he's done it before. And we won the semi-final. So, by doing that, um, I trust the manager. I trust the manager to make the right decision. He sees him in training every day. Um, so, I would like to see him play, but I was the first one criticising this lineup selection for the semi-final, and I was proved pretty wrong, <laughs> convincingly wrong. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I think sit on the fence with this one. I'd like to see him play, but if he doesn't, then there's a good reason for it, probably. Aye, yeah, aye, we don't say the matters. I guess paid his money for, don't it? What do you think aye. yourself, Tony? Do you think if you were to pick a winner, who do you think? I think it's too hard to call. It's, it's, it is too hard to call. I mean, I'm a right in saying it was not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, St. Johnston Bay, Livingston, 2-1. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, they got a good result. That, that was uh, Livy, am I right? I remember. So, Livy have, have started to go on a bit of a bad wee run at the minute. I think it's three games. Have, they've lost two and drawn one. They drew at St. Mirren, I think, of the weekend. Um, yeah. Since they went on that really, really good run. Whereas St. Johnston, I think, they bet Motherwell um, in the weekend there. Um, so that's probably given them a confidence. 3 0. Also, having like a clean sheet will give them confidence. Um, I, I think it'll be very similar to the Livingston Simmering semi final game. To be honest with you, I think it'll be really tight and there'll probably be few chances. And it'll be just basically whoever takes our one chance. I think it'll be like a 1 0, maybe a 2 1. It'll be a really tight game, I think, um, on Sunday. Uh, you could see it going all the way. Like, I think penalties, you wouldn't be surprised at all at penalties. Mm. I don't think, which is a nightmare to go through. I've gone through it myself, 2014, and it was the weirdest feeling ever. Like going to a game, you're obviously, anytime you're at a cup final, I don't know about yourselves, but you get up in the morning, you're, you get the excitement, then you're like down, you're like the nervous poo, um, you're up <laughs> and down like a yo yo. Then you get to before you get to about maybe an hour before the game, and then the, the, the teams come out, and you're like, all right, buzzing again, buzzing again. But then there's other moments that take you up and down through the game. But that, when it got to penalties eventually, I mean, the game was an absolute horror show. It was terrible. No one will ever remember the game. 
the penalties. You see people and there's fans like maybe the age of 50, 60 and, and all sorts and they, they can't look at the penalties and they can't, they can't look anymore. They're, they're, they're gone. They're completely gone. Um, and it's still just, I think even to this day, it didn't feel like you could celebrate properly in a way. It was surreal. It was just like, all right, we've done it. I still don't feel I've properly celebrated. Don't we, on. Had a good night out, but um, it's very different to winning a game in 90 minutes or that. Mm. You feel like you've properly earned it. It's even worse if you lose it. I mean, the only two penalty shootouts I've went in cup finals with Celtic, they lost both of them. Uh, Aberdeen, 90, and Wraith Rovers. Um, the two penalty shootouts. Uh, and the one they won was obviously the Scottish Cup this year. There's, there's no fans um, either. Um, but when you lose a penalty shootout, it's, oh, and a cup final is the worst feeling ever. You, you just think back at everything. You think back the whole game through. You think we should could have held out here or if that ball had been cleared. Uh, it's, oh, it's the worst feeling. Horrible to us. Someone to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> it might not. It might not. Be, I'm just got a feeling. I just think it's getting penalties written all over it. I, I think they're really, really hard to split. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think um, we tend to nullify each other, um, and there's usually bar one match at McDermott where they were they were very much on top of us. Um, there's usually one or two clear cut chances throughout the game. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see, really. I mean, we, we played so well against Motherwell that I've got high hopes for us, but pride comes before a fall, doesn't it? Well, the lad Magnamara be a big loss now that he's back to his um, original club. Do you Not think that'll be something? No, 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 we, well, no, he was great. He, hmm. he was fantastic. But uh, we've got Rooney, who has... Okay. Um, appeared from the reserves. He, he was signed from Inverness Cali last year, um, turned up in the summer, had a wee stint on the training pitch with uh, Callum, who I think fairly assessed his tackling ability, maybe wasn't what it should be. Mm. Uh, and that was why McNamara got his start and why he stayed in the team for so long. But uh, once McNamara went back to Millwall, he's really taken his chance. He stepped into the team and what a player he is now. Um, he was he was absolutely unplayable in the, the semi final. He was incredible. Um, he's already one, didn't he? yeah yeah he's he's already earned the nickname uh, the Bells Hill Cafu in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're I don't I think he's one of our strongest players at the minute. He's in form. He's confident. Um, I think the club try and stop him from speaking in the media. Mm. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want to guess why that is but uh, on the pitch he's, he's fantastic at the minute you get interviewed after the semi I've never seen anyone more delighted to win a game of football I don't think he just looks so happy yeah yeah, yeah. I think in, by his own admission he's he's not much of a media type and we'll, we'll possibly maybe let an F-bomb slip <laughs> Uh, I think we've all been there. So. <laughs> so, yeah, but he's fantastic. We won't, we won't miss McNamara at all. We, we probably will miss um, if if he doesn't play. We'll probably miss Murray Davidson, who was injured through that tackle from Kamar Roof against Rangers, mm. um, which was 
gutting. He missed the last final and he's been such a consistent player for us that him missing out is, is if he does miss out, will be criminal. Yeah, I seen Wallace Wallace been maybe a deal, but I think you'll be all right, won't he? I I don't know for certain. Um but yeah, I believe it's it's not as bad as as it could have been. Um Murray's just touch and go. Nobody knows whether he's going to make it or not. And if he does make it, he'll probably be a sub, I would think, because he's not played in a number of weeks. Um, Murray will miss. Spoonie, if he doesn't make it, that'll be a, that'll be a tremendous loss because that upsets the whole kind of left side of the pitch. Yeah. Um, him and Tans will just form a fantastic partnership. So without without him there, you're probably just looking at the balance being off. I think throughout the team. Is it is it two o'clock kickoff on Sunday, or three? Oh, you think I would know that? Eh, two o'clock. <laughs> in some ways, then it's better than there's actually no fans because two o'clock on a Sunday, Glasgow's horrendous. Yes, uh, Hamden as well. Yeah, Hamden. Uh, do you know for? The fact that it's been the national stadium for so long, the infrastructure Hamden's awful. It really yeah, is. Right. You know, yeah. no direct train station or nothing. You know, for people outside of Glasgow. That's insane, that isn't it? Yeah. Because you look at Wembley, and you can just turn up at Wembley. They've got a train station right outside. They've got hotels, parking facilities, even the whole shabam. But Hamden, hmm. I mean, he, he, even like when Celtic used to go there, we used to have to park miles away in the car. Yeah, 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 yeah you're not near the stadium or anything. And I've always wondered why, you know, they've never really sorted that out for fans outside the central belt. Because, I mean, you guys must have been affected at times by the finals, semi-finals, where you've uh, had to get yeah. the last train home. Yeah, definitely. And, you know... It kind of makes a mockery of the most important part, really, which is getting to the pub and getting to the ground um, exactly. in a reasonable mm-hmm. amount of time and an easy kind of easy way to get there. But you're stuck with taxis, aren't you? Really? Aye. Um, which again is ideal. So usually, usually if we're at Hamden, I tend to drive, but I do like I do like to have a jar before again. Do you know what would have been good whilst we've had all this time where there's obviously fans not been in the stadium? There's some sort of infrastructure would have been done in stadiums or they could have come together because in the future we could have a St Johnson-Livingston game again and to be honest with you, Hamden probably isn't in the best location for that game. You'd maybe want to move it to somewhere else that's closer for the fans or have infrastructure and I think you know, going forward, once the COVID finished, I think I think it's something nice if they really need to look at is basically fans get into the games. I think it's just they've got a contract that they to play the games at Hamden. And I, yeah. I think the the pride of thing as well is the players traditionally the finals at Hamden. That's probably where the players want to play, regardless of whether mm. it's, it's full or half full, or whatever. Anyway, I think you probably want to be be in the the big stadium. Don't know, maybe not. I mean, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I don't think there's any secret that we don't have the largest fan base on the planet. Um, I don't think Livy do either. I think we're much of a muchness in that respect. So, yeah, I think you do want to be in the centrepiece stadium, but at the same time, do you really want to be in this mammoth stand with, that's empty that 
is that this, I don't know, Hamden for me with a Scotland games absolutely bouncing and it's just not like that with mm. you know, ten thousand fans in it or whatever. So maybe maybe it would be better in say Easter Road or Tyne Castle or something like that. Um maybe that would add to the atmosphere. So I don't know. I'm I am torn, I think. On one on one hand you've got potentially a smaller, nearer stadium would be better logistically, but yeah, you do you do really if you're gonna win a cup, you want to do it in Hamden, don't you? Mm. I just think I think about something well, everything's been going on. Maybe something they should think about, you know what I mean? About what's the best way forward or the best way promoting uh, promoting these cup finals because again I don't know if it's because and this again probably goes into what Nori was saying about the West Coast media. There doesn't seem to be a big build up for this final, really. Compared to like previous cup finals, there's normally advertised constantly or it's in the papers constantly. You get a little bit of snippets. And I think that's not fair because this should be like advertised big because these are the games where the likes of Livingston and St. Johnston will get new fans who are maybe watching the game for the first time and they'll think, oh, I'll be a St. Johnston fan or I'll be a Livingston fan. And I think by not advertising it properly, I think Scottish people will lose these fans and they see the, the, the glamour and the, the big lights of the English football. So I, I, I just feel like we've, we've not really promoted this cup final at all. It's hardly mentioned, especially in Sky. Uh, no, you're right. There's right. Premier Sports in it that's on. So that doesn't right. help because it's it. Premier Sports. I would love to have seen the CEO of Premier Sports face when, he, when it was Saints and Livingston that got to the final. He must have just been absolutely devastated. <laughs> I don't think he sell that. Aye, as soon as Celtic and Rangers were knocked out, they've they've not been interested. No, no, and that's 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 it, you know, and that's that's fair enough. That's what sells. That's what sells is got as the Glasgow teams, Rangers and Celtic. So, but that said, if you are going to showcase the product, the Scottish football product, then you do need to recognise that there is more than just two teams. If you want the league to hold any sort of value whatsoever to people that might tune in and watch it or pay for a subscription, then I think you do need to put a wee bit of weight and importance behind the other teams when they do make a cup final. Um, and that just doesn't happen. Aye, the marketing in Scottish football is awful. I, I agree with that 100%. You'd think as well, like sometimes when you have a Celtic Rangers versus another team, you may get a one-sided cup final. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes you get a one-sided cup final and you don't really get that. Everybody kind of knows the Celtic Rangers side and you may get a wee bit about the other team. That's the way they do it for the promos, for the build-up. When you've got two teams that are like for like, more or less, can play attacking football. And you don't know what the score's going to be. You, you, to me, you don't get a better chance in promoting a game because it's, it's anyone's guess. It's not like, see, you're an English person who tunes in for the cup final and never watches Scottish football. Nine out of ten times, if it's Celtic Rangers versus another team, they'll sit there and go, we'll not watch it. Celtic Rangers will win. And it, it, it may not happen, but that's the perception. But when you've got two teams that are neck and neck, you know what I mean? Sell it and say this is this is real Scottish football. This is what it's like, and you know, show it that way. But but don't do it. We don't grasp these things, sadly. Significantly, this will be the first trophy that a team out with Celtic 
well, out with Celtic, really, because Rangers haven't mm. won anything recently. But um, it'll be the first time any team other than Celtic has won a cup. You would think that would be worthy of a, of a mention as well. Yeah. It's it's just I, 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 my mind boggles with sometimes some of the things we do in, in Scotland with regards to promotion. We just seem to be happy to get the pen, little pennies, and then that's us. We kind of sit back. Whereas you look at other countries, and you know they advertise our cup finals all, all the time. I mean, BT Sports is a huge thing when it's the French League cup final. They'll give you like a week's build up to it with, with like the the French league show and everything like that. So yeah, I think sometimes we need to learn from other countries to promote um, the big games in our country. Uh, the one thing I would say is, I think, from what I recall, Premier Sports, I've had it before because Aberdeen games in Europe people on there. Mm. Usually, I think this, I don't know whether it's still the case just now, you can get the first month free, I think. So, yeah, yeah probably. Um, I don't know if, that's, if they're still doing that. Mm. No, I, 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 I tried every code I could find on Twitter and um, none of them worked. <laughs> I oh. eventually found one that got a half price for two months. So right, okay. That was, that was as good as it got, sadly. I oh, maybe changed it then, but uh, I think I've still got it, actually, so I'll pro- I will watch it. But... Yeah, I've got Premier Sports as well and I've got no idea how you get the app working on your phone. That's how hard Premier Sports is. I've, I've not even bothered. I've got an app. You can watch stuff, um, watch games on your phone and everything, but I've no idea how it works. It's beyond me. I was going to go back to the point earlier, though. Maybe talking about games being at different stadiums, uh, might not be Keenan, Norrie and having League Cup semi-finals at other stadiums. I think uh, so. Well. Aberdeen, remember no. Aberdeen, St Johnson, <laughs> but then you you got your you got your own back at Ibrits. Say that again, sorry. Got your own back at Ibrits, the Stevie May game. Aye, aye. Um, Aberdeen, that was the semi final, wasn't it? Because there was another semi final that year that yeah that sticks in the mind where you absolutely thrashed us four 0 Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was what a day that was. You, You've really got the, the cogs going in the old memory now. Aye. Um, I, because we obviously we won the cup at Parkhead that year, um, and that was that was good. I mean, obviously you, you want to win the cup, and we were very happy we did that. But I just feel we were missing part of the experience not being at Hamden. Mm. But still, it was it was great. It was great. And then the uh, the Ibrox game as well. That was. Again, tremendous stadium. Happy, happy to have won that match as well. But with the same token, I just, I just feel Hamden has this, this, this aura about it, that winning games there, which is not something we do often. Um, it, it just means more. Aye, that's just a demand, isn't it? We, we've not got a great record at Hamden either. I, I hate the place for uh, domestic games. I've had good moments going watching the national team, but generally, most times mm. I didn't go there. It's a, a tail of wool. Um, so I, in good company when in uh, cops at Parkhead or Parkhead as you like to call it the game that you beat us 4-0 where was that was that Tynecastle Tynecastle that was right yeah. Tynecastle right. yeah uh, the, the big one was when it came to the, the Scottish Cup and you played us and before we're like oh, who the fuck is Stevie May and then obviously cause he, was, he wasn't having a great game and then I just at that point, Stevie May could just do something out of nothing and score, which he did. 
Aye, he had a tremendous year that year, 27 goals, I think it was, which is unheard of for somebody that plays for Saints to score that many in one season. Um, it was just written in the stars. You know, he had number 17 on his back in the cup final, was in the 17th of May, yep, so... Yeah. Um, it was it was just meant to happen. And when you look at the final, Dundee United had their chances and they hit the bar and they hit the post. And for large parts of the game, they, they looked like they might do something, so... It was just uh, it was just our time. What was your build up for that game then? Did you still did you drive through for that or did you get a train? No, no, I I um, got the bus with a supporters bus from um, a club in Perth, uh, which I'll tell you the name of it. It's called the the, the Dogger, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> usually usually yeah usually elicits that response. It's um, it's a bowling club actually. Um, and the story behind it is that uh, one of the one of the members there was, um, I think he was quite drunk. In fact, he was very drunk. And he went home one night to his wife, and she said, "You're in the doghouse." So <laughs> from that point on, it was called the Dogger. Um, so yeah, that's where quite a few Saints fans drink. Some of the players drink. Um, some of the some of the staff drink. It's just it's probably one of the closest pubs to the ground, and even though it's a good bit away so yeah that's who I went with and we went through to another bowling club in Glasgow Whitevale maybe it might have been okay. um, not good of that role I think that's what it was um, and I can't I think that one was that was just a neutral venue I think the semi-final however the one we went to there was covered in Union Jacks and the picture of the Queen and all that sort of thing uh-huh. um, so yeah, that was that was the preparation for that. It was a lot of cheap drink. Yeah, <laughs> Aye, it's, safe to, it's safe to say we weren't in any pubs near Ibrox for uh, that semi-final. I think if I remember rightly, I was in a, a boys' flat uh, before the game because yeah, I don't know, we'd, be, we'd be very welcome in Rangers pubs. Uh, we didn't want to go there either, unless it was a sub crawl. Been a few sub in the sub crawl and done a few of the pubs, which was an interesting sight. That's the thing with supporting Saints. You know, you go into any anywhere really and say you support Saints and nobody seems to bother. <laughs> oh well, I, what a shame, you know. Um or or the favourite one is what who who's your real team? <laughs> Which one is it? Is it Rangers or Celtic? So that's quite a common one. Uh, memories of the final. Um I can't eat, I can't remember it well, when I was there and watched it, I can't remember any of it. Yeah. And that wasn't even alcohol induced that was just sheer anxiety I think um, and then when we got closer and closer to actually winning that cup um, the worse it got so when I watched the game back and I've watched it quite a few times now I vaguely remember any of the stuff that happened right in front of me so I don't have a lot of memories of the game now yeah I'm the same with most finals I've been to that I don't have many memories or if the memories I have it'll be no, more often like bad ones like Tom Rodgers but he's scoring against us or Celtic thumping us and different things like that. I, I don't really remember games that much. <laughs> I think, you know, if, if, if I'd been to this one, it would be different because it's a, that's the third cup final I've been to in my lifetime. The first cup final was in 1998, so I don't remember a thing about that. Um, the last one was kind of a new experience, so it was just, I was just a big ball of anxiety through the whole thing. This one, I think, I would, had I been there, I would have taken it 
in more and yeah. probably enjoyed the game a bit more, I think. I like and appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah. I could have what St. Johnson's third league cup fighter, wasn't it? It is, I. The first one was back in the 60s. Um, Celtic beat us 2-1. Um, I stand to be corrected on that because it was before my time, but I'm pretty sure it was 2-1. Uh, the second time was against Rangers in 98 where Nick Dazovic scored an absolute thunderbolt and it was fantastic, but that's pretty much all we did in that match. Uh, and they beat us 2-1. Their team was absolutely packed to the brim with superstars. You know, uh, Dick had went on a massive spending spree. He got yeah. Alberts and um, Amoruso at the back. And, I can't mind who else was in that team, but it was it was fairly star-studded, so there was never really any chance we were going to beat them. But at the time, we, we thought we had a chance, because we had a good season that year. We finished third, um, did well throughout the league, although Rangers beat us 7-0 a couple of weeks before that game. So we were real, really just taking part that day. Aye. Hopefully third time, lucky this time. Aye. Yeah, well, I mean... If, you know what it's like, you know. <laughs> you, when you follow clubs like our provincial provincial club, you take nothing for granted. Oh, definitely. So, Nick Dazovic, there's a name for the past that season. I'm sure St Johnston best Celtic at Celtic Park, and he scored an absolute screamer. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it's one of the. It was a midweek game, I remember, and he scored Aye. a belter for outside the box. And it just he flew did. in, so I did. I. It's. I've always remembered him for that goal. Because it was. Oh, that, was that was his only league goal for us. What seriously? It was. He's obviously scored in the cup final, but uh, yeah, that was his only league goal for us, and it was a one to remember. It goes to show you because I always think of him as being a prolific midfielder who scored lots of goals just because of that. It was a. It was just a tremendous goal right at the edge of the box, and he hit the first time, and it just I flew into the back of the net. He scored some important ones. He had the, the goal against Monaco, um, where we drew three, three all against Monaco. Um, and he scored in the cup final, he scored in the semi-final against Hearts, and then that goal at, at Parkhead as well. And that, that was a whole that was all of them, I think. Um yeah, pretty sure it was. But no, he was he was definitely not prolific, but he was some player. Mm-hmm. But that been around the time you had George O'Boyle off front as well. So oh, he'd George, left by that yeah. point or I, it was a wee no, I, 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 <laughs> oh, he was a character. He was. He, you know, we used to see him. I used to see him out and about on a Saturday night in the pubs and nightclubs and things because it was a different time back then. Um, mm. And uh, just, just a lovely guy, I thought. But um, what a player he was! He was one of the one of my favourite players ever to set foot on the turf at McDermott. He was just electric on his day. He was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, that's a shame how his career ended. Mm. You had a cracking strip back then as well. It was blue yeah. with the white pinstripes with the famous gro- oh, yeah. grouse uh, sponsor on it. It was a cra- cracking is. strip. Yeah, it was a really nice strip in Johnson back then. I've still got that, actually, but that was a good 10-stone lighter, so I'm moving to attempt to <laughs> be like Body paint now, probably. Um, what about yeah, looking tall for Sunday? No, have you seen me? it <laughs> <laughs> will be the most unlucky thing you'd like to see that day. Um, no, I've got I've got a top looked out for for Sunday. What, what you got looked out for Sunday? What top? 
it's the old pinstripe effort from the 80s. Right, okay. And it's uh, extra, extra large. So my hand was kind of forced. You've got to have a lucky top woman for the finals. What's your memories and favourite memories, Tory, from League Cup finals? Um, going to them, I went to three Cup finals. Um, and I seen Celtic win one of them. It was against Aberdeen in the 2000 uh, okay. under Kenny Dalglish and Viduka. And I think it was Reset. Scored, yeah, scored two goals. Um, the, up until recently, the League Cup was always a bit of a. Not the greatest with Celtic. Um, I was always seen as more the Rangers kind of trophy, um, you know, like in the 80s and the 90s. Because um, obviously we lost to Wraith Rovers, as I said, and penalties. Um, we'd lost to Rangers in 2005. Um, sorry, 2003, sorry, uh, as well. So it wasn't always the, the greatest um, for Celtic. Uh, but I probably the best the best one with Celtic for me was as I said Dundee United one was a good one actually the bit Dundee United um, in nineteen ninety seven and that kind of kick started the Wim Janssen season um, uh, yeah. that that was a really good cup final but for me the best one of all time that I've ever watched was the Aberdeen Rangers three each eight oh that, well. Yeah, with the trilogy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember being a, a young boy, and yeah, that one, the three all, and then uh, still to this day, Peter Nicholas for the penalty. Mm-hmm. And Ranger, we were we were looking good for that game as well. And then Buddy Flex scored with three minutes to go. Um, but that was the case in, in, in both of them. Even the one where the thing that the season after could be three two in Aye, extra time. Yeah. yeah. Aberdeen were doing all right and, and uh, extra time, and then obviously Rangers got the winner. But yeah, they ones I, I just always remember. They always stand out, uh, just just because it was obviously really tense games, and you, you know, I mean, three three each in a cup final and then penalties, just amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, and then even the one when we won the third time, lucky we won. Uh, it went to extra time. Paul Mason double. Uh, yeah. So. That was a that, that was a good one. That was, I remember that being an ITV weirdly enough. The other ones I think were in BBC, and for some reason ITV got the contract for that one. See, I think it. I think when it was a school cup back then, I think I remember it always been on ITV. Well, STV it would have been the uh, mm. school cup. I'm trying to think when it would have stopped being on there. I'm pretty sure all the Aberdeen Rangers ones from that era were on it. Were on STV. Uh, after, uh, yeah, for some reason I've got Archie McPherson commentator in my head, but I, I may be wrong. Uh, but uh, I just, they were the good old days uh, when, you, when it was either one of the two free free channels to watch it, as opposed oh. to having to like pay for it. I get far too many TV subscriptions nowadays. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, because you think about it, you, you pay for like games to watch, league games, then there's the League Cup games, Scottish Cup games, and then you've got European games if you're in it, in pre season. That's mm. oh, insane. Too much. Subscription, that's a Sky subscription, that's a uh, Premier Sports yeah. subscription. Plus, for us, for Saints, we are paying £17 a game to watch the game at home, although the club set that, so I can't complain too much. Yeah. But I will. Because um, <laughs> Livington's then, 20 quid, isn't it? I think. I, it is, and it's just it? insane. Insane, because that's when people who would normally 
pay your club to watch the match if it was a reasonable price. They go to his goals or they go to their Amazon mm. Fire stuff with Aye. the thing that you get on there. Um, and I can't say I blame them because you're looking at three separate subscriptions plus pay as you go. I mean, you're talking thousands of pounds a year just to watch Aye. some football. It's been, absolutely insane. Yeah, we've been quite lucky at Aberdeen because I'm part of the like, Aberdeen DNA thing. So I've got a season ticket, but it's kind of step below you pay money each year. But because of that, you get the games for a tenner, which is all right, the home games. But there's, no way, there's no way I'm going to pay 20 quid for a uh, Lovington game, so I just refuse to do it. No. I've bought some of the away games for other teams. There's been some other teams that have been fairly reasonable, and County were quite reasonable. Um, and, uh, well, we don't even have that scheme in Celtic. I mean, basically, you <laughs> have to be a season ticket holder or, or nothing. I mean, luckily, I use somebody I know's pass. Um, but other than that... Um, yeah, you're screwed. Uh, unless it's an away game, you don't get any home games. Um, you can't just buy, you know, like a, a virtual ticket in the day or anything like that. It's mental. I, I, I don't understand why they've done that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know the likes of I know Livingston came out, they did say it was because the price of a season ticket, which you can understand to an extent. But if you look at it and from another point of view, this could have been a potential chance to get new fans on board watching. Maybe for a time, maybe... Tenor's reasonable, I think the tenor's all right. I understand that argument. Um, I do get it. You don't want to be undercutting your season ticket holders because they're the loyalty. They come back every year and give you money every year, so you don't want to be annoying them or upsetting them. I get that. Um, but this season was different. This season wasn't your standard season ticket holders that signed up. This season was people that didn't particularly care if they got to the ground. They just wanted to support the club. They just wanted to put money into the club to keep it going through the, the pandemic. So I don't think many people that bought a season book would have much of a complaint if the club tried to cash in by charging a reasonable cost. Say a tenner a game or £12 a game. I think £12 a game is probably bang on the money, really. Um, if I was a season ticket holder, which I'm not, um, I tend to pay as you go, then I think I would probably be okay with with trying to sell as many pay-as-you-go tickets to Rangers fans or Celtic fans when they want to mm. watch the game, instead of forcing them over the road to illicit channels. Yeah. You're missing out on a whole load of money. I, I, I think Celtic, what, what Celtic try and do um, is they try and do the, the emotional blackmail um, with regards to the season tickets. So what they've done is saying you can only get to watch the games if you get a season ticket. So the people pay their season tickets and they don't give up their seats. And then when yeah. obviously the fans start coming back, they've still got their seats. Because I've noticed there was, at the beginning of the season, there was quite a lot of literature that said that obviously if you, you didn't renew, then you weren't guaranteed your seat for when everything was back to normal kind of thing. And I think to a lot of fans, because like, I know of people that go to the Celtic games have had their season tickets for like 10, 15 years and have sat in like that row. It's, it's a big decision to say, to turn around and then say, well, you know what, I'm not doing it. Uh, and, and I'll wait to see what happens, you, you know, and, yeah. and lose that seat once everybody comes back. And I think Celtic especially have played in that. They've kind of known the value of that. And that's why I think they've decided to go down this avenue of not selling it to like payday fans, which I think is wrong in, in a way as well, because you're then limiting yourself to who you can sell um, tickets to. I think Celtic, I could be wrong here, you can correct me, because I'm not a Celtic 
fan and I really don't know much about the, the finances, but I'm sure I read somewhere that um, they are budgeting as a Champions League club. So they can't afford to have a drop in any season ticket sales. That's like a fixed income every season for them if they're going to budget from the squad that they've got. So when you miss out on Europe or the later stages of Europe for a couple of seasons, it becomes even more important to make sure you get your season ticket money every summer. Mm. And I think that's possibly what's driven that, maybe. But this is me just thinking as we're speaking. I haven't done any major research on it. Do you know what... You could be right. The problem with Celtic is, like, um, I think sometimes Rangers, the, the two of them, Rangers and Celtic, can be quite like this, where they don't give out all the facts of what's going on. And I think it fr- frustrates a lot of fans, even opposition supporters, because, okay, if, if, if that's the way you're going to do it, then if you're an away fan and you're wanting to watch a game, well, register with St Johnston, and then St Johnston can give those details to Celtic and say, right, do you want to get the link to the game? To this, those St Johnston fans or Aberdeen fans or what have you who have done the link through the official website or the official Aberdeen St Johnston group, whatever. Um, but nothing like that ever happens. There's never any forward thinking in things. But there's just no... There's no communication with anybody with Celtic, and, and, and sometimes Rangers can do that as well. No communications with the fans to let them know what's going on. Just money, isn't it? Celtic haven't had the greatest of seasons this year. <laughs> this oh, is just one one thing. Uh, I suppose you could add to a whole load of other things that um, they could have done better this year, unfortunately. Rangers, to give them credit, they're they're pretty good. You know, nine out of nine. A game, I think they've they've nailed it. They've had a they've had a good approach to it this year. Well, did Rangers doing the the actual you can pay the gate kind of thing? Well, the virtual gate. Yeah. Oh, I never yeah, realised. I thought they were the same as Celtic. My apologies. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Uh, nine ninety nine um, was what we paid to watch Kemar Roof pretty much murder Murray Davidson. Um, yeah, so that was, you know, you have to give them credit, I suppose, yeah. for, for that, I guess. But um, Celtic really, this season, I don't think they've really put their fans first in a whole lot of ways. I, I don't think that they've put anybody's fans, as I said. I mean, if they were going to do that with their home fans, and there should have been something set up for away fans, I think. Some sort of registration asking those clubs about giving names or something like that, and then they could have like a secure link or something. There would have been a way around it. You know, I mean, Celtic TV is like one of the hardest ones now to get the live feeds on. I mean, you'll go on and you'll maybe get a beginning of a game and it goes, you know. Um, Even the build-up to a game, if you're watching it through the proper channels of Celtic, um, you need to log in a half hour beforehand. Otherwise, you've got no chance of getting that game on. Yeah, I would say up for Aberdeen is you've got a home stream and you've got an away stream with commentary, um, aye, which has worked yeah, quite yeah. well. Um, aye, because even if I've got a game, an away game, you're still getting Rob McLean and whoever else he's got on his guests talking, which has been quite good. Though sometimes mm. it can be quite interesting to try. I think it was one game, I think it was a Ross County game, um, that I was watching and I never realised there was an away, an away option, so I was getting the home feed. And actually sometimes it's quite interesting to hear a different set of fans talking about your team and what they think about them. Um, so yeah, that was quite good. Uh, we, we've got a we've got a fan 
actually doing our commentary. Not all of it, I think. There's another guy who does some of the home games, but um, he's been he's been really good considering he's not a professional. He's got a day job doing other things, um, and it's it's good and it's nice to listen to a fan commentate. It, it doesn't have that same maybe professional polish, but it's it it just brings you a bit more into the. The action, I suppose. Yeah. I think you feel like you you're remember? at the grounds speaking to somebody sitting beside you. Aye, <laughs> uh, do you remember Laurie that was on the forum in the podcast uh, way back? He now does hard TV. Aye, uh, yeah. So uh, loving the dream. He's done well, eh? Yeah. Just shows it's possible. Eh? <laughs> he's he's not spoke to me for a while because I I posted a a few complimentary tweets about Hearts after the escapades in the in the summer, so. I've not heard from him for a bit. <laughs> but, uh, I'd be interested to see what knock-on effect though um, Celtic have next year with season tickets. I suppose the fact that folk will be itching to get back might mean they don't suffer quite as much as what they would maybe have done in a normal circumstance. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's quite a big swell of fans who are just kind of fed up with things at the minute. Um, I, it's easy when you say when you look to the outside in, and you just see like it's been one bad season, but it, it's not been this one season. Although the last four years have been great trophy wise, board decisions haven't always been great, and I think it's just there's been always been a wee bit unrest, and what's always kind of cracked over was was winning the trophies. So you'd have the bad run in Europe, for example, get knocked out yeah. in Europe. Then you'd win, a, say, the League Cup or the League. So that would kind of, like, um, cover the cracks of that. And then it would happen again. And then it would be the same scenario. And then you'd have other little things that would happen during the season. Um, like, when Brendan Rodgers was there, there was all these rumours about um, him and the board coming above and uh, not a great time with each other. And then there was a the John McGinn situation. Um, and just small things bubble. We've now got to the stage with the Celtic where they've got no trophies to cover the cracks. So it's all kind of imploded a wee bit with it. And I think fans are just a wee bit fed up of being taken for a ride. I mean, I, I remember a couple of year, year ago, um, who was it? We lost in a... Oh, we lost in a European game. Was it, was it Malmo? Malmo or Molda, I think it was. What, what, one of those ones. And literally, as soon as we lost the game, Celtic sent you out uh, an email asking you to buy a DVD for the league campaign the season before. They were going to release it. You're, you're just like, pick your moments. And it's, it does just seem with Celtic, it's all money, money, money. That That's really it. It's, from the fans' point of view, is get as much money from you as you can and then just put away anything. And I think that's where the problems are now. With having no trophies... It's not covering over the cracks this season, but in the past, it helped them cover up a lot of things. Yeah, I don't know how you, you feel. feel the... Sorry. I don't yeah. know how you feel, Nori, but you're always going to look from the outside at Celtic Rangers when they're going through difficult times, and I think both of them are like spoiled for, for success, aren't they? It's like it. even That's their it. hard times are much better than <laughs> our good times a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I know multiple trebles and, um, you know. Goodness me, more trophies than, than we'll we're ever likely to win in the space of five years, and um, there they are outside Celtic Park in the middle of a pandemic, banging on the bus. <laughs> Just as an outsider, you're looking at that, thinking that's insane. 
You know, that is insane. Um, you've literally won every trophy there is to win. How would you cope following a team like St Johnston? <laughs> you'd you'd no, be out, up at the ground every, every day. And that's what I say. I mean, I think it's it's dead easy. Uh, you're right in some ways. You, you're both right to look at it in that way and say, well, you know, you've had one bad season. But I think, see if the club has been... How can I describe it? If the club was being run properly and it was mm-hmm. a little bit more open to suggestions for the fans, then as bad as this season has been, there might have been a bit of leeway. You know, there, there, there might have been something. But do you think so? Do you think that because the, because it's so big now, mm-hmm. because it's a corporation, if you like, and it's got shareholders that it needs to appease, it's kind of lost that sense of community spirit that clubs the size of St Johnson or even Aberdeen maybe have. Do, do you think that because the decisions that are taken there, you're right, absolutely nothing to do with what the fans want, is to keep the stock market happy, isn't it? There's a lot, yeah. a lot of the time. Um, do you feel that that's kind of made it more difficult to support Celtic, maybe? I, th- I think it's more difficult for fans who support Celtic to feel part of that club. Because mm. at this minute in time, and again, this is what I'm saying, for the last maybe four or five years, there has been this kind of growing sense of you've got the board in one direction and the fans in another direction. You, you mm. know, it just just things just don't seem to be going in place. Like when Brendan Rodgers left New Lennon took over um, for that um, time as a caretaker manager. Now, all of a sudden, prior to the season, tech has been leaked. There were stories about Mourinho. There were stories about Benitez. And there were stories about this top manager coming, all that kind of thing, just before the season tickets get renewed. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, after the cup final, Lennon gets it. And I've never seen such a dejected bunch of fans after the cup final because from Rogers going back to Lennon, it's, 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 it felt like we're basically starting over again and starting with the the cheaper option as opposed to, you know, maintaining that ambition. Because rightly or wrongly, Celtic fans will always look at the club's history and think of themselves as a, a European team. And the results haven't shown it. They've not shown it for years. But that's the way Celtic fans think. But the board don't seem to ever want to achieve that. They seem to want to make sure that everything's all tightly controlled, everything's all within budget. Um, and this year, I think they've actually got no plan of what's going on. I mean, I, I'll say this to both of you. If your manager had been as bad as what Lennon had been, you would have had the sack by now. Well, we've had a bit of problems with McInnes, obviously, that folk think that he's at the end of his reign. I think mm. looking looking from the outside, like what you always see with Celtic is you always want that wee bit more, and probably mm. there's been a few times where, whereby you've been knocked out of Europe pretty early doors, and it's because Celtic maybe don't have that wee bit of like what Rangers did in the past that maybe led to their downfall. They speculate to accumulate, they wait till shit's After. hit the fan, and then yeah. go, right, let's patch it up and get someone in. Your problem this year is that it was a big year. So could have done 10 in a row. Rangers have been outstanding. Regardless of how good Celtic were this season, it might not have mattered. Yeah. But that was a big thing. Nothing did to an extent this season. Did anything else matter apart from 10 in a row for Celtic? 
No, no. And do you know what? The fact we didn't even challenge for 10 in a row, it wasn't even a case that we've lost 10 in a row. It's the fact that it was probably over by December. You, you, you know, that, that that's probably been the only saving grace about this season. That, I mean, I, I know the many fans are like me who are like, yeah, Rangers get win it. That's, that's it's, it's going to happen. But there's been no challenge. I mean, I think the majority of fans have accepted that now. Um, and we've just kind of ambled on, you, you know, to, for the rest of the season. I just kind of feel that the the whole 10 in a row thing is just a bit of a millstone around the club's neck. And it has been, I think, for a good few years now. And uh, I think it's caused probably more harm than good with a lot. Nobody cares about 10 in a row, really, outside of Scotland. Yeah. And even in Scotland, outside of Celtic and Rangers, nobody really cares. And that's why Brendan Rodgers went down to Leicester when he did. And Celtic mm-hmm. fans that I know were absolutely bemused by this because they thought, hang on, why are you not hanging about for 10 in the row? <coughs> and the truth is that managing a club in the English league in the fourth or fifth position for him would be better financially and better for his career. <coughs> and managing Celtic to 10 in a row didn't really mean that that much because <coughs> he's managing a club up here with more resources than anybody else without any real viable competition. So really, on a CV, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But Celtic fans have just, certainly the Celtic fans I know, have got such big expectations around this 10 in a row. And really, it doesn't matter. And I feel like it's led the club down this kind of path where it is it finds itself now and it's made some really poor decisions trying to get this 10 in a row where three, two, three years ago, you were in a really strong position. And yeah. Blinded by that, this arbitrary, amazing 10 in a row achievement. I, I agree with you in that because I think what's happened is the fans have been getting pumped up for it for the 10 in a row, is, is a big thing, the big celebration. And I, I think the Celtic board kind of just thought, well, Rangers are never going to be coming near us anytime soon. So we'll just do the minimum we can for it, you know, in player-wise. And we'll, we'll try and get youngsters in and then sell them for big and what have you, and try and see how we get on. And I think what's happened this year is Rangers have came good. And I think that's really caught the Celtic board out. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, even me, I, I didn't think Rangers would be as good as they've been this year. Um, I... I honestly thought there would be a challenge, but I never thought they'd be as good as what they have been. And I think it's caught everybody out how well Rangers have been. And then from that, and then the French Farris tobacco, it's just been panic stations the whole state the whole season. And we've never really re- recovered, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I'm going to just go back to the League Cup because I did have some fans for memories <laughs> and things about uh, the League Cup. So and it'll probably help you as well, Tori. You don't need to talk about Celtic and their woes as well. So a few memories. Um, Coca-Cola Cup Final 97. Was it Timbo and the Jet Set? He was sat in the club deck wondering how you were meant to celebrate winning the League Cup. Um, which, uh, a weird feeling. And you want to remember the fans, don't you? As opposed to being in hospital mm. things like that. Um, other ones as well. Oh, the, the bike, the Coca-Cola bike. Obviously, Stephen Glass had it. Hearts as well. And one of their players got the, the bike as well. It's man of the match award. Remember the old bike? 
remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. I always remember like the Coca Cola. Used to get the Coca Cola balls during it. Um, probably the best. I think that was probably one of the best sponsors I ever had. Coca Cola. Coca Cola Cup. Happy days. Sounds great. Aye. Um, other one. 2007 final Hibs Kelly. 5 1. It snowed, it rained, it was glorious. Sunshine around 90 minutes. Rob Jones helping us um, by opening the scoring. Double from Benji and then a double from Fletcher to wrap it up. And it was emotional. It was the first time his bro- our brother had seen Hibs win a trophy. So, pretty decent. Good memory there. I, I remember the Rob, jo- Rob Jones goal. That was, a, that was for a corner of a header. So, it, done, um, it was a cracking goal that. He just lost his mark and bulleted in the net. Yeah, um, as you said earlier, like maybe the league cups more associated with Rangers win that a lot of time. Mm. So Ross Kilvington, it was on the podcast last week with the other John, um, Condiment strike in the 2002 semi. I don't know if you Aye. remember. I do yeah. remember. I do remember as well. It was a long range effort. I was, yeah, I, yeah. I was working that night when they scored that one. It was a peach of goal to be fair to him. Um, so not even in the actual final, but the actual semi final mm. as well. Uh, I that was something. I just thought I would go over them anyway. With that. Um, while we've got you on as well, Nori, how do you think Tommy Wright's going to do at Kelly? Do you think he can save them from the drop? Because at the moment, mm. Kelly are in free fall. Aye, it's tough, isn't it? Because with us, he was never really in that that precarious position, really. I mean, I think we were bottom briefly at Christmas, maybe last year, uh, and then we went on a run and jumped up to sixth place. But he was never in the, the position he's in now where he's running out of games, <coughs> he's running out of points. And he's got a team that look like they can't string two passes together. So, be interesting to see. I wish him well. I really do wish him well because he was a tremendous manager for us. Um, but if he was to get relegated with Kelly, then I, I, I take a degree of satisfaction out of that as well <laughs> because he <laughs> he did walk out. He did leave to go to Kelly, uh, which to me isn't a step up from St Johnston. Um, and I hope that when he left, he would have done it to make a step up rather than a step sideways. Um, so I think I'll take some satisfaction out of it if they do go down. But um, I, I, it's, it's conceivable that they might not win another game this year, this yeah. season, if you look at the fixture list. So we'll just wait and see. He's a good manager, but has he got time? Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, they, they <coughs> cannot score goals. I mean, we were talking, I was talking to a Kelly fan on uh, Saturday before the game, and we'd not scored for ages. They'd scored, I think it was two in the last eight games, and that was in the same game. And it was just like thinking, this is going to be an absolutely horror, horrible match. Um, and you never really seen much from Kelly and Saturday to say it's going to get better going forward. They've obviously seen Kyle Lafferty. I mean, He's not played for a while. Though, yeah. Um, I don't know whether he'll make a difference. Up top, he just looked devoid of ideas. They're relying maybe early in the season, Chris Buck, who's about 37 now. Apart from that, what creativity really have they got? They're leaking goals. I think they probably suffered a wee bit defensively. I think Broadfoot and Finlay probably, when they're together as a partnership, a pretty decent partnership. They've not had that for most of the season. Um, even at the weekend, I think the Kamoda went off and they were down, I think, they maybe fourth or fifth choice centre back. Um, but yeah, you just can't see it. And they've been without uh, power as well, haven't they, for a while in the midfield? So Dicker mm. and Power are always good in the midfield together. But yeah, I think at the moment, if you were looking at it, you would say they were the favourites for the job because we've said right. many a time, Hamilton know how to get wins and they'll get out of these positions. 
John Hughes, breath of fresh air at Ross County, positive, mm. you know what you're going to get with John Hughes. He's picked up some great wins since he took over. Um, so, yeah, you, you would fear for Kelly, uh, I think. It's, it's strange because uh, no. they started the season really well, come on. Um, you know, they had a good wee start. Buck was on fire, if you remember, at the beginning yeah. of the season. And the boy, Kim Kabamba, up front, he had a good start to the season. Um, and as you said, they just kind of went free fall. They just don't look as if they're going to score a goal anytime soon. Lack of confidence, I think, just mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Uh, it's hard to tell on the telly. I think you see more being it again mm-hmm. in person. But from what I've seen, there's there's a real lack of belief amongst that team. I think if they're not going to get a tough run before the split as well, I think. Mm, they do, that's the thing. The fixtures aren't kind. But, uh, I will see what happens. Um, so we do our lower league predictions game as well. Last week, it was a draw. It ended up being Tony. No one got a, a great prediction. We were hoping that Wraith were going to get a light equaliser and that would have got us the points. But sadly, it didn't happen. So I think... We've got a podcast with Stephen Wright on Wednesday that John and me are doing, so we get him to do the predictions for this week. So we'll put the pressure on him for it. We don't, uh, we don't uh, bother this time. You'll probably be pleased to know as well, Nora, you don't uh, do any predictions for it. <laughs> I don't have a great track record with these, with these things, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, one thing that we do like to do is when we've got a guest on is ask a wee few questions. We call them the, the slow-fire questions because you only take a wee bit of time. Favourite Tipple, beer, or whatever. What would your choice be? Be whiskey, uh, Glen Morangi. Uh, be whiskey. Good choice. Um, this might be a, a daft question, but favourite football memory? That, oh, I'll have to think about that. Um, Scottish <laughs> Cup. Scottish <laughs> Cup. <laughs> yeah, Scottish Cup. Uh, who were your favourite players growing up? Roddy Grant, Steve Maskery, um, and Alan Moore. And that maybe leads on to then the question we usually ask, what would be your 1 to 11? St. Johnson, best 11 of your lifetime. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Alan main and goal, I think. Uh, he's never really been replaced to my satisfaction. Um, I think Gary Bowling left back, probably. Centre half, Fraser Wright definitely because he won he won the cup. Stephen Anderson as well won the cup. It's hard to take them out of the team. Yeah. Uh, sure about right back. I'll have to come back to right back. Left midfield, I would go Liam Craig in his in his heyday. I've got I I just like it's probably been better players in that position, but I do like him. It kind of feels like he has missed St. Johnson in a way, don't he, over the last... Mm. Even though he had a spare uh, away. Aye, he, he left and we won the Scottish Cup and came back. So, take from that, what you know. But aye, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's been a kind of mainstay right the way through. Uh, David Wotherspoon would be kind of in the middle of the park now. He might have been out on the left or out on the right when he was younger, but uh, he's more suited to the middle of the park now. I would say... Uh, I feel like I'm just picking recent players because, to be honest, that is our most successful period. So it's aye, aye, yeah. pool players when we were playing in the championship and put them in amongst. But um, 
With Darsovich yeah. getting? That's a bit, all right, well, let's stick him in. <laughs> all right, let's stick him in. Why not? Let's, let's, right, let's stick him in there. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really struggling, really struggling with... Uh, I'll stick Sameo out on the right, even though that's not really played. We'll stick him out on the right, um, just because I want him in the team. Aye, no, fair enough. And up front, up front, I'm oh, struggling with up front. Uh, it's going to hate to be Roddy Grant. Aye. I think. Up there, maybe Stephen McLean beside him. Giorgio Boyle. Giorgio, Giorgio. Oh, <laughs> oh. It gets tough. We always put him on the spot. Who's like, who Keegan Tazovich out? Keegan Parker. Uh, he was a player. Mm-hmm. He was good. He's, he's the first guest on our Dog of Saints podcast, actually. Okay. Um, we got a wee plug in there. So, be good if, be good if, if you want to listen to him talk about um, his time at Saints and when he was a producer at Babe Station then. That's a podcast for you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's speak Dazovic out and stick Giorgio in. Giorgio Boyle. Let's put him in there. Um, so it's just pure attack now, isn't it? Basically. It's, aye. I think you've still got one more player to get in somewhere, I think. Okay. Right, so, right let's Let, flash in Murray Davidson then. Davidson. Stick him in as well. That's a good solid team. Like it. Very top sided with the recent the recent squad. Um and I've watched Saints for the best part of 30 years now, but these guys have just been immense for us and the most successful period in our history. Yeah. I think Craig uh, not Craig, Callum Davidson can talk what Tommy Wright did over his time. Well, if he wins the cup, he's pretty close already. Um because um, Tommy Wright did that in his first season if Callum does that in his first season he's almost drawn level um, if he can get a few top six finishes and qualifications for Europe then and I don't see why he can't going by the evidence of this season he's only going to get better he's going to learn from his mistakes so I think he'll be a better manager this time next year aye we're a well run club um, we don't overspend we've got uh, we live within our means we don't have ideas above our station we just perform our best on our ability there's no reason why we can't have more sustained success with Callum Contract wise with the team is there MD out of contract or have you got the majority of the squad for next season? Oh, I you know I'm not sure I think the pandemic's really kind of mm. thrown, thrown that up in the air a wee bit there's a few players I know have signed on Spoonie signed uh, Witherspoon signed a uh, three-year contract know that know that long ago um, but the likes of your Chris Keynes I think they're up to the end of the season and then we'll see what league we're in although we're looking reasonably safe now I think he's up to safe I think St Johnston will be fine is Chris Kane Paul Kane's son or am I just linking that together no no he's not he's I think his old man works in the building site so oh, totally, really? different, totally different boy <laughs> um, yeah I so see he he got a six-month contract in September, which was then renewed in January. Um, and there's a two or three like him, I think, where, again, we're just waiting to see what happens, what league we're in, what's happening with the pandemic, if there's going to be mm-hmm. fans back, what's happening with sponsorship, stuff like that. I forgot and most clubs will be the same. Aye. I forgot as well, one other question. Have you, St. Johnson, get the best pie in senior football? The steak and chorizo pie. 
We I've do. Not, I've not had a chance to uh, try it, but it seems do. amazing. It's, it's, mm, like, it's like the centre of the sun. It's <laughs> unreal, honestly. <laughs> it, it, it's fantastic and it's experience you should have, but prepare yourself. Aye. Uh, because they were doing deliveries, they're still doing deliveries of the pies, aren't they? Aye, yeah, I'm still doing that, yeah. Yeah. I no no I've got to watch my my figure so no no um I, this season I have been I kind of have been doing that I've been getting just to support the club really I've been getting like the pies and yeah. all the extra bits and pieces they're doing to make a bit of cash but it just feels a bit weird sitting on my couch watching the telly mm. with this microwave pie <laughs> it's just <laughs> Nobody really the same. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, no, so anyone, I'm, I'm giving it a miss this weekend. Uh, so if anyone's listening and they've got maybe like a press pass or something like that, they can dish out to Nori. <laughs> you take it. Happily take it. Oh, aye. Oh, aye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bite your hand off. Yeah, but, uh, well, I know I wish his best of luck. Um, I like St. Johnson. Um, I don't mind living either, but I think it would be, be nice if St. George were to win. Um, for the first time in the history, and... we give you a shot at Callum Henry, so yeah, exactly. Aye, aye, yeah, good goal at the weekend. Um, aye. aye, so aye, be fair enough. But no, oh, uh, thanks for coming on as well, Nori. No, appreciate the invite, thank you. Enjoy, nice, nice meeting you, mate. Yeah, you too, Bob. Right, cheers, all the best, guys. Cheers, cheers. bye.